Welcome to the Retail Therapy Sessions. Yeah, um, you know, I work at Lex Roy, and I'll, I'll say it, I don't care. I work for Publix, and uh, you know, Publix like stores, and when the shit hit the fan, it, I think if the shit hit the fan for me was when public when, was when Florida shut down the bars and restaurants, mm. and everybody and their mother flocked to the liquor stores. And instead of buying one and two bottles, they're buying one, two, and three cases of everything. And uh, yeah, you're talking about a, a shit. I need new underwear day. Uh, that was the day for me, you know. Um, and with public, you know, we had the signs up, you know, uh, mask this, that, the other. But if you didn't wear a mask ask we weren't allowed to tell you to leave you know um because publics didn't want to ruin that that image that public's image that we have why that, that money's more important than everything else <laughs> yeah that right yeah that and yeah and then um probably a month or two into it um we all got gift cards 100 dollars gift cards uh, you know, thank you because you're essential to us, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't need it. I've got a job. I'm still working. I don't want this gift card. And uh, for a while, we could take that gift card and go buy a different gift card, you know, say a Visa gift card or whatever. Um, but I just gave mine to one of my bartender friends who had two kids and was working two shifts a week at the restaurant for doing to-go orders. So I was giving her all my gift cards. Mm. Um, but, you know, that, it, it sucked, you know, with everything going on and people not knowing how to act, you know, when they were, you know, you know, you're standing within three feet of a guy and because there's no room behind our counters. Uh, to do anything, and you're trying to maintain the, the distance and everything, um, it just, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're half-assed back to normal, so to speak, you know. Um, but, but, yeah, that was the big oh shit moment was when we shut down the restaurants for and bars for, I think, a month, two months down here. And, uh, yeah, dude. It was crazy. It was crazy. Mm. So, so, yeah, because yeah, I, I lived in, I was living in Atlanta when it first started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, in those kind of cities or whatnot, when that shit starts going down, you're, you're right. It, it becomes, you kind of live in an area that's based more on vices. So, <laughs> so people kind of yeah. lose Tactful. their minds. And, and you're right, yeah. you know. Instead of getting a fifth, they want like twelve of them. You know, it, it's because they're afraid this is the end of the world and they're not going to be able to get their booze on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, cause, you know, I, you know, I live in I live in 
what we call what I call the Redneck Riviera Panhandle of Florida. I mean, um, <laughs> fifteen minutes from the state line of Alabama and Florida, uh, there's a famous bar right there on the line called the Florabama, and you know, I mean, so this area thrives on tourism. And when, you know, here it is, you know, February, March, April, whenever the, this shit show started, um, you know, you've got these bars and restaurants whose people depend on these tourism dollars to, you know, they'll make 60, 70,000 as a server down here waiting tables and come you know September, October, November, December they're not making the money Mm. yep and you know so no COVID it you know it it affected a lot of people especially you know us in this area I know know I'm going off on a tangent and tell me to shut up please um (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, like I said, you know, you're coming in for usually getting just a couple of bottles and you're walking out with three cases of Pinnacle, you know, um, it's, that's a big, oh shit, I need new underwear. So anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm out next. (laughs) Wow. Um, all right. So customers obviously have gotten worse during this whole thing. And I don't, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on, on as to why? I mean, do you think that, you know, just their anger that they couldn't do the things they wanted to do just made them worse? Or do you think that now when they walk into stores, they look at workers a little different because they got tired of hearing about essential workers, just like we have all gotten tired of hearing about they were always fucking right. Mm. So, you know, you guys kind of chop it up. I think it comes down to a, like a whole fear or and or fear of their lack of control in their own personal lives. Like when the lockdown started to happen, I can say for like the, at least Phoenix and Tucson, they shut down anything that wasn't uh, essential except for the golf courses uh, and the hairdressers for a while. Uh, but once enough of us kind of said, hey, if this is not if this is not essential, then this ha- then golf courses are considered non-essential. But, you know, snowbirds. Mm. So suddenly everybody has a lot of time on their hands. They don't have all the extra distraction. And I think we underestimate how many people are not mentally well to begin with. So now they're stuck in the house stewing on their thoughts. They have no place to go. Uh, Chances are they've lost their job. They don't have their medications because they were on, they were on insurance at that point. And you know, Medicaid doesn't cover squat. Mm. So where else are they going to go other than the grocery store? And they're just going to be, unhinged unhinged and there is of course like the the media discourse the political discourse that's a different story for a different day on a different podcast but for (laughs) it's just the lack of control and then there's also a lot of people who are using it for their advantage i cannot tell you after being at rena center for two years pre-pandemic rena center customers they're just typical rena center customers some of them are fine some of them are great some of them are just like i never want to see you again now because I mean, the typical customer is going to be of lower income. They're going to exploit every loophole and every 
little bit of empathy you have left. Thankfully, I had none left because customer service in a call center with 80 to 100 angry phone calls a day, I was like, I feel nothing inside. But mm-hmm. they will just do it. They will be like, well, I'm about to be evicted. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not going to be about to be evicted. There's a moratorium. They will, they just use anything. There's and a it's, tr- it's awful. I just want to interject quickly. There's a term we have that I think at where I work that I think is applicable here. It's called compassion fatigue. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, I I was already Good fatigued term. out by 2016. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm on medications because it because it was that bad. Oof. Damn. I feel that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just it, it's it's insanity to me because I just don't. I mean. It shows you how kind of like many non-decent people they are in this world because, you know, you had like this perfect storm of anger, especially in grocery stores, okay, where, you know, these people people were uh, quote unquote labeled heroes, essential workers, and they're all pissed off because ultimately at the end of the day, they feel like their companies aren't aren't taking care of them because, you know, maybe they have to wear a mask, but the customers do not. And yeah. so you've already got an entire store pissed off. Then you've got customers coming in pissed off. And it's like, it might as well be the, the, the Roman Gladiator Coliseum at that point. It's literally rocking a hard place. Yeah. Because, you know, you've mm-hmm. got management that either doesn't care or can't really do much because they're they're kind of, in a lot of ways, neutered when it comes to dealing with customers because god forbid any of them make any customers angry themselves it's pretty clear that the the policy has always been placate them placate them do do whatever makes them happy and i think that kind of feeds into this too because now everybody who comes in angry expects that we're all just going to automatically start kissing their butt and that's just Mm -hmm. It's toxic. It's like being in an abusive relationship. There you Only go, Irish. You can't walk away from it. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Feed your family somehow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did anybody else notice a bunch more teenagers were working in grocery stores once everybody's school went virtual? Because I felt so oh, bad they- for their kids that this is your first job ever. Uh-huh. You're doing it in the pandemic. Oh. And everybody is the worst like you you're 15 years old 15 16 what are you going to do about the supply chain what are you going to do about coupons so they're yeah, getting right. ver- like god forbid they already have a bad home life to go to hence why they're working mm-hmm. so good i i look at the kids at the register i'm like i'm so sorry i'm here i just i just need this one thing of laundry detergent and then i'm gonna go you're doing great don't cry it's gonna be fine absolutely even though yeah. it's so mm-hmm. not fine yeah i i I'm always like that myself. I, I, Whenever I go to one of these stores and I have to buy something, I'm there. I do my thing. I get it done. I'm polite. Um, I help bag, you know, anything to help them make their life easier. I put the freaking cart back. You know? Bravo. Yeah. Thank yeah, yeah. you. Yes. Thank it's you for that. Simple, simple <laughs> human decency because I've been there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. People who have been there, who have worked in the service industry, we know. We know because we've had to do it. And then there's the people who very clearly have never done that kind of job because they think it's lesser. And as a result, they think we're lesser. Yep. Yeah. And you that, know what I kills think, feeds me? into it too. That, that whole lesser thing, 
some of the people that you know and and this isn't meant to be like sexist or anything like that because here in the south it's kind of a big thing you know some of these women who really in my experience you know through the pandemic the female customers unfortunately were worse than the male customers okay oh but but they sound yeah but see like here in the south it's like these are women who haven't worked in years because they've married some guy who's come into family money or some guy who owns a construction company, you know, they, they may be the quote unquote trophy wife. He makes the money, puts them up. They probably have a boyfriend on the side or whatnot. And they're the ones that are causing all this chaos and bullshit. And they couldn't bag, uh, do one run of bagging groceries to save their life. No. You know, they, they they just they haven't they've had everything given to them and they don't even understand the concept of work it's like listen bitch i mean what gives you the right to come here and tell us how to do our job you you couldn't even sweep the sweep the floor you don't even know how to use a broom no <laughs> i think i i got so fed up with one older southern woman this at this point i was in texas and i was on the way out just not caring this woman's like, well, I'll have your job. I literally handed her the keys. I'm like, okay, cool. So this is the logging credential. You need to know how to do this, this, this. And she just looked at me dumbfounded. So of course she does complain to my district manager. My district manager knows I put my two weeks in. He's just like, you don't plan to come back. I'm like, hell no. And I hope this woman never comes back. Yeah, those people say so this. I got balls in my last two weeks. Well, yeah, they, they say yeah, they can do your do. job. And if you're a cashier, I could do your job, but they can't use a self-checkout. Yeah, right. Nope. Uh, I mean, if you can't run a self-checkout, how are you going to ring somebody up? Yeah, it's just like all these people that talk about... Oh, Much less 50 people in under an hour. Oh, what was that, Retail Explorer? Oh, all sorry, right. I was just saying, you know, how people, you know, people constantly bitch about, you know, why, why, do, why do these fast food workers want $15 an hour? That's It's not a hard job. It's not skilled labor. It's like, all right, you, you hop back on a McDonald's cook line at six o'clock in the evening and see how well you fare, kid. Right. And tell me that's not skilled labor. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and these are the same people too, that like being back in the grocery business and, you know, I've been in it, you know, when I first started my career, but the thing that really surprises me and really says everything about society that you need to know is the produce department, like the, the, like mm -hmm. where you've got somebody they will literally come in and will pay $5 for a container of like chopped celery instead yep. of buying the exact same amount of celery in a stalk for 99 cents because they're it. lazy. Yep. I mean, I'm that lazy. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, but shame on you. Get some lazy. knives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Learn how to cut, learn how to cut I'm celery. I'm tired. I work 10 hour days. And, and I, 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 I definitely kind of get both of celery. I definitely get both of those yeah. points of views because for, for a while my wife was injured and it was me trying to work and take care of our very young son. So don't have time to chop celery. Just give me the thing. But at least, you know, it's grab the thing, ring it, get out. Don't cause trouble. Right. You but the flip side of that, the flip side of what happens is you'll have somebody who's literally sitting there cutting this these vegetables in real time okay mm -hmm. and they're yeah. putting them out and a customer will come up and say i would like some of those but i want them fresh <laughs> they were yeah. cut day of well no they're they're literally <laughs> watching them being cut and watch the person put them out and then turns around i don't want these out here i want a fresh one 
So do we want to have a podcast about the uh, education system and how it's informing customers to not use their brain? Uh, That would be good. That would be a good one. All this is why I'm learning how to to make my own stuff. Like earlier I read off to go pull my loaves out of the oven. I just literally first time ever learning how to make sourdough bread instead of buying it. Nice. Nice. Well, Well, to give you an idea how bad it is in the grocery world, you know, holidays came around and you had Thanksgiving and we literally had a customer come into the store and was asking for um, uh, cranberry sauce. We didn't have oh, any. Good luck. We didn't have any. It sold out. <laughs> and this this woman got all mad and said, but this is America. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, they got oh, this right China. This is the kind of shit that's going on now when you talk about how yeah. them being unhinged. Okay, A, yay, it's America um, that's still not getting your damn ocean spray cranberry sauce. You know, yeah, this what is you America. You can't get but there's also other places you can go to try and look. <laughs> but, that, but that's just how bad they've gotten. And, and, and you know, Lady Toaster, you're 100% correct. I mean, they were already bad pre-pandemic, all right? Oh, yeah. But when the pandemic yeah. hit, the wheels came off the fucking wagon. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that also touches on another layer to, to why they're so bad is because they they have this idea that as long as they have this attitude of like, oh, this is America, we're, we're the land of everything being good. And then the second something fails to live up to that expectation, it's an immediate flip. It's 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 like somebody who has borderline personality disorder. You suddenly go from good to bad, and it's irredeemable. And you're just bad in their mind, no matter what. And you could you could stand there and make cranberry sauce from scratch for them, and they would still be mad. Yep. Yep. Irish, what you got? I I think this is a uh, this is a topic that deserves its own podcast uh, or you know episode mm. rather. I think it's I think it's really really interesting because I think what happened in the pandemic was that um, it magnified what was already there. Yeah, and a lot of you have already kind of touched on this, but you know, basically, the the customers that were already bad that any minor frustration uh, would set them off. Well, there were minor frustrations everywhere. So mm-hmm. one of the few things that were that was open was retail so they just came in mad you know um and uh, on top of that you know they 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 were used to uh how you get your way in retail is make a fuss you know stomp your feet call for a manager scream and shout and you know the textbook thing from corporate has always been as one of you pointed out earlier on was, you know, uh, you know, you don't lose a customer, you know, and, and I think that, you know, some customers are a net fucking loss, to be honest with you, but mm-hmm. there, no retail operator was prepared for how to deal with the public in a time of the pandemic, you know, and nope. it really nope. magnified, say, I, I'm not really sure what percentage to put on it, like, you know, of difficult customers, but you know, it's probably under 10%. Uh, most of them were actually okay. But, you know, whatever percentage it was, they just really amplified it, 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 during COVID. Like, for instance, so over here, 
mask mandates were, were, were strictly enforced. It was, it was the law and it was, you know, there were very few exceptions uh, to that. But all of the, the amount of people that I had to encounter who were claiming to have some stupid ailment that you know they didn't have, that, you know, that was uh, exempt from wearing a mask, things like that. It was, they just, they just turned up the dial and ripped it off. I mean, like, you know, you, you, you have people claiming that if they put on a mask, they'll immediately pass out. So what the fuck are you doing shopping? If that is legitimate, like what? Now, to be honest with you, it was the only part of the pandemic I found to be a bit fun because I didn't take shit from these people. And it was, I finally, for once, had a kind of an excuse, you know, to tell customers to go fuck themselves. And knowing that there was a reasonable chance I'd get away with it, you know? That is a nice. Didn't have too many, but, you know, there, there were a few. But it's a really interesting topic because, you know, it, it highlights the main problem, uh, like say culturally speaking, in retail is, is, is both kind of from a customer base of how they view, you know, look at the panic all of a sudden when all of us became essential overnight. You know, I mean, th- these people wouldn't, you know, would, would never even uh, g- g- give you the kind of um, uh, the time of day. And all of a sudden you're, you're, you're an essential worker and key to everything working uh, seamlessly. Um, and there's a lot of power in that. And I think we need to explore that. Like, you know, there's a lot of power in retail mm-hmm. that's untapped. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just need to work together on that. But really, My- I, you know, sorry, go ahead. So I, I think we're starting to see that now with the um, the conversation about how nobody wants to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had to play the long game for two years. We between that and social media, and then our stories, it's just we've told enough people that we're done, we're toast, we're out. Nobody supports us. It's all about the dollar, and then it's informing these younger kids that are just entering the workforce. Like I'm thankful I never had to work fast food because there was enough people around me that said. It's awful. Don't do it. So that saved my mental health for, or at least stabbed off a crisis for a couple more years. Now it's in our hands. We had to play the long game to get there, and it's going to be a long time. And I think there's going to be a lot of anger and frustration from the customer that's never had to work. Uh, I think I had a conversation with a distant relative about that, how nobody wants to work anymore. I'm like, ma'am, nobody want to work. You didn't want to work. And she never worked. Yep. So we're playing the yeah. long game, and I think we're going to see. Hopefully, we see some changes at least within our lifetime. I, I agree with the long game thing, but my issue with that is, look, collectively as a voice, you know, social media has done a lot, but you know, I'd made the comment about all of a sudden we see a lack of reporting about this stuff now, and yeah. you know, unfortunately. You know, only there's only so much that, you know, the voices can do. And I, and I hate the fact that you would need somebody of stature to really champion the cause to really get people on board. And you talk about younger kids coming up and teaching them and whatnot. But when we live in a society where you've got younger kids who are looking at influencers and stuff like that, that's where the whole Kim Kardashian bullshit comes in, where she's spouting like nobody wants to work. And you know, I don't know why people care what that woman says, but that's the stuff that's getting press. You know, it's not, you know, all the good that's going on. It's not 
you'll see little blurbs about strikes at Starbucks, or you'll see little blurbs about, yeah. you know, all this other stuff. But then you've got companies like, God, ad nauseum, we all know about, you know, what we've been talking about with Kroger, but yet the media is, you know, promoting them like they're the best thing ever. You know, we don't have media support. We don't have, you know, there's a billion celebrities out there that will champion all these great causes. We ain't got a one out there standing up for essential workers during the pandemic. We ain't got no one out there, you know, in the public eye other than Bernie Sanders really pushing for higher wages and better standards for quote unquote essential workers. And that's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, it, it's, and that, and it pains me to say that because, you know, you've got people like, like for instance, I mean, even on the level that he's at, all right. Uh, Scott Sykes, we all know the videos we, we yeah. saying, but now at this point, he's kind of crossed over into like, I'm not going to say Hollywood per se, but raised his perception <laughs> and his value as far as in his entertainment, it comes off as a joke. Whereas there's a guy who at a moment in time had a ton of momentum that he could have pushed, pushed the message really, really, really out there. Yeah. But it didn't happen. And unfortunately, when the money gets a hold of people, that's kind of what, you know, the path that goes down. But you've got some, like, I would think it would be awesome if, like, Ryan Reynolds became, like, the spokesperson for workers' rights. He'd be a perfect, yeah. you know. But, he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, but we get no help in that degree at all. Politicians yeah. only, politicians only say it, you just, you know, to get votes. You know, mm -hmm. that's it. And then they back, backtrack on it. So... I, I wish yeah. there were some way we could grab somebody, you know, collectively like, yeah. here, you know, be kind of like the Lion King where where Rafiki's holding, you know, Simba up to everybody, <laughs> yep. you know. Here, and, here's someone yeah. you should pay attention to. On right. Here's yeah. Ryan. Listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wish we could get that, but we won't. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of reporting on the Great Resignation much anymore. There's not a lot of reporting on about all the crazy stuff that's going on. And look, there's a lot bad going on in the world right now with the war and whatnot. But it's almost like I could see the, the media being thankful that there's something else to report on because they can push all this stuff to the backside and don't have to worry about pissing off any corporations. Yeah. And this is um, one thing that I'm working on right now um, is – a lot of people do not realize. A lot of companies, well, they hire you. They they'll their hiring manager will typically. I want to know how many of you, especially here in the U.S., uh, had a hiring manager tell you, "Hey, uh, just so you know, it's against company policy to discuss your wages with your coworkers." Oh, that's mm -hmm. such bullshit. Oh yeah, oh, yeah it's yeah, bullshit. And first it of all, super yeah. illegal on every state. Uh, oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I've had I've had that conversation so many times, and a lot of people don't know it. So I'm actually <laughs> working on trying to get something together to put out there uh, to inform people wherever they are about the I believe it's called the National Labor Relations, Relations Board. Yep. Yes. And this was passed in 1935, if I'm correct, and it still stands today. That protects your rights to be able to discuss your wages with your coworkers or, and anyone else. That it is not illegal. If a company tells you it's a guest policy, always rebuttal with that and ask them, do your policies stand above federal law? 
Yep. And if they and if they want to fight back and go, well, if you do understand, if you break this policy, we can terminate you. Always respond back with, okay, then I'm going to go get a lawyer. And part of this is why a friend of mine is really pushing me and encouraging me to do it. Is um, I, don't, I don't know how well I'm going to do it, but I'm actually thinking about looking at pursuing law for employee rights. Mm. Well, my, now my that you're doing that, actually. Yeah, when, when you speak of that, uh, you know, that was the same time when they enacted a minimum wage, right? Mm-hmm. So that would have been 1938. Um, I think where the kicker comes is these companies know it's legal. All right. It, it's it's used as a threat. But but there's two major things that go on, you know, from an employment standpoint. Number one, if they get you to sign a piece of paper that says that you accept that as their policy, all all of a sudden the 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 legality of it is over because you've entered to an agreement. Number two, most companies have you sign an arbitration agreement. Oh yeah. Which, which, yeah. yeah, which which renders all legal rights you have out the window. Yeah. Which arbitration is completely crap. If I were to ever go to court against an employer, I don't know about you, but I would not put much faith in a judge that is being paid by the company to be there to handle a legal situation. Correct. And that's the beautiful thing because uh, I think it's the 20th, April 20th on the podcast. I uh, have Pete, I believe it's Whelan. Um, he is actually a labor attorney and he will be on the show. Um, I've retweeted some of the stuff. I had retweeted the thing that he had about HR. Um, he obviously is not going to be giving legal advice, but he's going to be going through all the stuff, you know, as far as rights being protected and myths and things like that. So that's going to be very important. And that's something that we touched on with Dr. Carbo too. Like I said, these, these arbitration agreements and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they need to be challenged. Yeah. They need to be challenged. They need to be outlawed is what they need to be. 100%. Because once you sign that arbitration agreement, you're basically saying you can't take us to court. Well, some of these companies don't even have arbitration agreements because they're so large and they pay you so little that they don't even care. They know that you can't afford an attorney. My current job's the first one where they actually made where I did have to sign arbitration. And it's a private company. It's not publicly traded. It is family owned entirely. And it doesn't even have in the policy about uh, discussing wages. And I think it's just because we're small enough we can kind of get away with it. Right. But they know that how are you going to manage that off the clock. Like I could be texting my friend. I don't have a company phone like I used to. Uh, Social media, you can't police that like they used to anymore. Or they're like, just don't wear a company logo. I'm like, yeah, no problem. (laughs) So it's, it's, I think it just depends on the size of the company. Like your larger corporations that are more insidious and pay like crap, they're Mm. gonna, they don't care. Smaller companies probably will. But also larger companies will have like a very skimpy, employee handbook, smaller companies, like mine was huge. Oh yeah, mine it took was me like about three hours pages. to go through. And even then it's just like, I'm going through it three times before I sign this son of a gun. Mm-hmm. It took yep. me about an hour to print out my handbook because I wanted it to, that way when I left, to kind of look at them and go, look, I've got unused pay- a PTO. Am I going to get that paid out? In which I, they never paid it out. Oh. Wow, that sucks. Dicks. 
All right, guys. So we're sitting in an hour 21. All right. Um, I don't want to take up much more of anybody's day. And I don't know what the weather is like where you're at here in South Carolina. It's, it's pretty out. So I want to go around the room, uh, get some closing thoughts from each of you guys, and uh, we'll finish it up that way. So we will start with Lady Toaster. I'm so glad I'm out. I'm so glad I'm out of the industry. I'm out of the industry and I keep thinking, I'm so thankful I am, but those scars from being in it for 11 years, register jockey to manager, there's just, there's a lot of unchecked stuff that even my therapist just like, you need to talk to somebody else about this. It's like, there should be their own therapist for retail and grocery worker. And foods and Agreed. food retail. Somebody yeah. else that is more specialized for this. Yes. Uh, but for now, all we've got is each other. Um, we might want to think about a specialty for retail managers because I've seen things, heard things, and done things in the last five years that's like it feel gross. Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. It ain't easy being manager either. But I'm not going to take away that it sucks being a working for minimum wage. It absolutely does. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's go with you, Chad. Me, yeah, you closing oh, closing this, this words. Sorry about that. Closing words. Um, you know, uh, I agree. You know, with what Latex just said. You know, um, you know, yeah. There's days I hate my job, and there's days I just want to say fuck it and walk out the door. You know, but every blue moon, you know, you will get one or two of those customers that just changes and they'll put things into perspective for just a minute and it'll make you realize that that there's actually some good people still left in this world um and and i might be a masochist for this or i might be a glove for punishment or i might be an idiot um and it's usually the idiot that wins um but you know that's what keeps me coming back day after day for the last 18 years is that there's that one customer that's just going to come in and you know just be nice and make the day better uh, you know and those are few and far between but you know what at the end of the day uh you know i i, I gotta have a roof over my head and i gotta feed my fat belly and i've got bourbon to buy so it keeps me coming back um but like she said you know there needs to be somebody some out there some way that you know people can reach out to um if they need something and like she said right now this is all we've got so please keep fighting the good fight and doing everything that you do to make us sane and with that, I'm done. Thank you. Excellent. Proto. Oh, man. Closing remarks. It's always keep your head up. You know, if it's one of those things of if you are getting to the point where you are done, do not grit and bear. Do not be afraid to walk out because you don't owe them the same loyalty you think you do. Mm. They will will they are willing to drop you and replace you with someone else. As you've said, you know when you're going through one of the early episodes, is they treat employees like numbers. That's all they are, an expense at the end. 
So do not be afraid to walk out. Find something, you know, even if it's a work from home job, it may not be, it may be stressful, but there'll be some benefits. It'll be something to get out. Um, yeah. If you can pursue something that you that you think that you could turn into a career, a, a niche of your creator, don't be afraid to follow it. Do it, you know, and as well, don't be afraid to look up your workers' rights. Keep them. Keep them with you. If you have to, print them out, laminate it, keep it in your pocket. So that way, if it's ever challenged, you can fight back. Because honestly, and like it's been told to me, there's a lot of people out there that will not fight for you, especially in your companies. So you have to fight for yourself. It may be terrifying, but dig deep, stand firm, speak up. It takes small waves in order to make a tsunami. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just above all, do what's best for you. Do what's best for your mental health. And also hug your partners because they also deal with the stress that comes off from you. Mm. At the end of the day, love them, appreciate them because they are your supporting rock and you don't want to abuse that. You you don't want to take it for granted. Agree. Yes. All right. Uh Pete, your turn. Um, kind of hard to top that. Um, he, he kind of said what I was, uh, probably going to go in the direction of being that I, I try to take time to, to work on my writing and, and to get some, uh, you know, books and stories out. So maybe I can do something other than customer servitude. Um, but th- it is very important to remember that as much as you can get ground down by management or by customers that ultimately end of the day, people are people. And I don't want to, I don't want to say stay in a place that makes you miserable. Definitely don't do that. If you find yourself so miserable at your job, they're looking for people to work other places. There's no reason to stay in what is literally an abusive relationship for money. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that I found since trying to, since shifting my life focus away from work and how much it crushes me and all of the various weights that come down, since being able to push my focus away from that in my home life, like when I hang up that headset, I am done. And I turn around and I leave it all behind at that computer and I do not turn back or think about it. And I put it out of my mind because you can't carry it home with you and you shouldn't carry it home with you. It's not your responsibility to bear once the clock stops. And don't ever let an employer tell you otherwise and don't ever let a customer bully you into staying late. You have rights and stand up for them. That's what I got. Excellent. Irish. Well, I think this has been a very productive chat, I have to say. Um, I I think from what I got out of tonight, I think it's it's it's, it's obvious that we're kind of all in agreement that the, a lot of the problems within retail uh, come from the customer and the fact that uh, corporate fosters that sort of toxic behavior. Um, mm-hmm. 
one of your most impactful episodes, I think you, you had some months ago was on mental health and it comes back to that. You know, every worker, retailer or otherwise should not have to work in a place that is toxic where they're open to abuse, you know, mm-hmm. and in retail in particular, that abuse is rewarded half the time um, by customers getting their way based on store policy or managers with no backbone. Um, and I think what I would take out of tonight is that I think you're, you're, you're right, Steve, there's, there's not a lot of attention in the media about, about this, uh, especially since the pandemic is sort of waning now. Um, but I believe this is it. I think this is the genesis um, of, of, of something that will become very, very important. And, you know, I don't know if, if I call it an obligation, but I, I, I think it will be no harm to try and identify some people that might be able to kind of give, give it a, another platform. I know it didn't really work out with Scott Sice, um, but we need to identify some people that might be able to give this a, a, a booster shot. Um, excuse the pun. Um, and I think we should, you know, try to get this to the next level because it is uh, very, very important in the long term for millions of people around the world. Excellent. Well said. Here, here. Retail Explorer, you get to finish it out. All righty. I'll try and uh, try and bring us back home here. Um, yeah, I just want to I just want to echo some of the things that we've already said here in closing arguments. Um, yeah, take care of yourselves. That's that's the number one thing. Uh, I don't remember who said it, but you, when you said uh, the, the you don't owe your employers anything extra because you don't. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind because that's going to do more for your mental well-being than anything else because there's so many demands on this on us through these jobs uh customers management just just the work itself sometimes can be incredibly overwhelming i I know it has been for me um working with amazon (laughs) for a number of years but um you you really don't you don't owe them anything extra because they're not going to give you anything beyond pay and benefits maybe and that's it that's where it's a business arrangement this isn't friendship or loyalty missions or anything like that it's just a job and at the end of the day if if it's negatively impacting you it's probably best to take a step back and say is this is this this worth continuing is most likely it's it's going to be no that's a realization I came up with about nine months ago when I walked away. And it's, you got to look out for yourself more than anything. You can't keep pushing in a job that's just going to, just going to destroy you. And for me, anyway. And I think just, you know, just look out for yourselves, look out for each other. And that's, that's the best we can do. Yep. Speaking of which, Great. we still got to get you on for an Amazon episode. Oh, dude, anytime. Anytime I have, <laughs> I've got stories. Yes, yes. Um, folks, uh, to echo what everybody has said here, um, I posted a meme I think I stole off of Facebook the other night that I think pretty much sums it up. 
we're all replaceable at our jobs, but we're not replaceable at home. Yeah. And absolutely. And I think that's the key takeaway to every bit of this. And I think where the industry is starting to change and why people are angry with all of us and whatnot is we've started to finally realize this, that it's not, it's not worth some of the effort that's over the top that we've been putting into. And it's kind of hard to really care about something when you know the company you work for doesn't care about you. So that's where we're at. But on that note, thank each of you for being here. You guys have a wonderful afternoon. Thank y'all. I hope the weather's good thank where you're at. You. Go enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for having me. This has been the Retail Therapy Sessions. Make sure to check out the Retail Warzone podcast as well. And if you like what we do, please leave a review and share with your friends. Thanks for listening.